Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. and welcome to the latest edition of the World Football Index Extra Pod. Tonight we are going to take a look at the transfer window that's going to take place in January uh, and joining me are two guests to, to talk through some moves that may happen and, and maybe what the, the bigger teams in each league may need in January. Uh, so as usual we have our usual transfer guys on, uh, delighted to announce uh, Leroy and Dave Hendrick are on. Uh, so how are you Leroy? Leroy Ma, all the way from uh, Malaysia. How are you my man? Doing good? Yeah, all is fine. Um, pretty heartbroken by the weekend but all is good, all is good. Oh well. There's always another weekend. Don't worry. Little yeah. steps, my man. Little, little, little steps. And Mr. Hendrick, uh, how are you? All good with you? Absolutely. We're still going to win the league. And I, I just going to shake off a poor, poor results because it's, you know, we've been brilliant for the last month or so bar Palace. And um, we've got Klopp. We're going to buy in January. And there's no reason not to be happy. Well, I suppose since we, we do have this sort of this this red mist, let's call it, over our eyes at the moment, and I think there's no finer place to start maybe than uh, in the Premier League, and, and we'll start with Liverpool, who who are you know new manager, new ethos, um, and I imagine I'll start with you, Dave. I imagine certainly that there'll be a bit of movement in the window here uh, with Mr. Klopp, and I would imagine that the owners of Liverpool will be backing him quite heavily in this window to, you know, what demonstrated there at the weekend was, was meant to be a routine win for them, didn't end up being. So uh, what, how, what do you see happening in January? What do you see them looking at at the moment, Dave? Um, well, when he first took over and we were looking at the squad and trying to figure out what he might need to basically get this squad up to the standard that he'll require and have the right players in the positions to, you know, with the attributes that attributes that he'll require. Um, myself and Gennaro were kind of saying seven, maybe eight players, um, which spread across the January window and window and the summer window isn't bad. You could get you know get three in January, maybe two starters and a backup, and then go in the summer and get three starters and two backups or whatever way it'll work itself out. I mean, it's clear as day where Liverpool need to be up upgrading the team. You know, the massive hole at centre back. Um, Sacco coming back obviously cuts off half that, but you do have the abyss that is Martin Skirtle, 
Um, he he needs to go. Someone needs to be brought in to play that position. Um, there's no question that we need a defensive midfielder. We've needed one since Mascherano left five years ago. Um, so that that needs to happen soon. And I would hope that'll be one of the signings in January. I could live with, you know, Skirtle till the summer if we signed a really good defensive midfielder who'd, you know, actually shield the defence and not be like a doorman waving people on at the defence as we've had the last few years. I think we need a goalkeeper, but it's not a priority. I think, you know, we could get by with Mignolet till the summer. We definitely need at least one attacker. Now, ideally, I'd like someone who can play wide primarily and then play up front when Sturridge is out. But I would take primarily a wide player who can't play up front or primarily a striker who can't play wide at this point because I've kind of, I'm at the point with Daniel Sturridge where it's like if he plays, it's a bonus. But I don't expect him to play, you know, eight games out of ten. And and that's just based on the last, say, year and a half. There is a good chance that the injuries are fixed, that he is, you know, he is fixed and that he will now, you know, move on in the next phase of his career and be, you know, someone who plays maybe not every game, but he might play 75% of the games. And, and that'd be great for us because he's one of the top 10 best strikers in the world. I mean, people might not agree with that, but sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and try and name me 10 strikers who are better than Daniel Sturridge. And, like, don't come back to me if if you're listening to it. I I really do. You know, the the injuries basically take away those kind of thoughts, I think, from, from, you know, certainly a lot of football supporters would say, well, Sturridge, he's just made a rice paper. You know, you can't rely on him. And and you fail to actually see how good he is. I think a demonstration mm. of that was was the game against Southampton. You know what I mean? Uh, he needs to remind you, and that's the sad part. He spends so much time on the sidelines that he needs to remind you how good he is. You never it never stays fresh in your mind. Well, that's the thing. And he came back against Southampton and he scores too, and everybody starts freaking out. And I was talking to Simon Brundish, and I was like, I don't know what people are so surprised by. This is what he does when he's in the team. I mean, look at his goals per game record. It's absolutely staggering. The only guy in the Premier League who's a better striker than Daniel Sturridge is Sergio Aguero, who's one of the top 10 best players in the world, who's by far the best player in the Premier League. So, like, if you're telling me that you don't think Sturridge would get into the United team or the Chelsea team or the Spurs team, you're sniffing copious amounts of glue because he would. He would walk into those teams. And it's only the fact that Chelsea are run by morons that we got him and that we got him so cheap. Like he, Diego Costa is a very good player, but he's limited. He's good at what he does, but he hasn't been doing that this year, and he's out of the team. Daniel Sturridge is good at a lot more things, and he's great at the things that Costa does, which is put the ball in the back of the net. No, I hear you on that. Um, you, you know, so so Dave, before I move to to, to uh, Leroy, what do you think? Who who would be available? Who do you think that Liverpool would be looking at, you know, to fit that bill that you're talking about, that attacking player? Well, I was, when I did this first, when I was on, on the happy hour, I kind of went through it with Gennaro. And we were talking about, you know, what options would we have player, like, because one of the things we need to buy as well is players with upside, because we can't afford to buy the finished product. Um, and I, And I don't think we should be looking to buy the finished product, because... You're killing your your resale value if you do that. I mean, we've bought Benteke at 32 million. It's a huge overpay, 
And while he's not the finished product, he doesn't have a big upside. He's limited in what he can do. He'll get better in the areas he's already good at. And he might become, you know, he might go from dreadful to below average in the areas he's not good. So, like, that's a put the, the, like, the epitome of a poor signing. It's a bad, bad signing and bad business. We need to be smarter with how we buy. Like, the player I would look at most likely, I, I would love Michi from Marseille. I just think this guy is phenomenal. And he's having an incredible season. I think he's got 10 goals and four assists in, in League One this year. And uh, he's just been on fire. And like we could have got him in the summer. There was about a three-week window when where Marseille were willing to sell him for the right money. And we decided to spend three times as much on Benteke. So he'd be one option if you just wanted a striker. Now, he could probably play with Sturridge in a two because while there's similarities in, in their games, there's enough differences in their games as well that you could play them as a two and they wouldn't get in each other's way too much. Um, the one guy I, I would love us to see us go for is Kevin Volland um, of, of Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim are a mess at the moment. Um, he has an existing relationship with Firmino, obviously. He's also got an existing relationship with Emre Jan from the German underage teams. Like They're stone bottom of the league. I think if we went in there with 20 million and said to them, look, we'll take him. I think they'd jump at the chance because I think there seems to be a little kind of resignation from them that this might be the year they go down. Now, he's not having a good season. None of their players are having a good season. But like his ceiling, is, I think, is, is quite high. I think at worst, you're looking at a better version of Dirk Coit, who Liverpool fans adore to this day. He works really hard, you know, he does the hustle and bustle stuff, but he's got really natural number nine instincts when he plays up front. And when he plays out wide, he will run his legs off and he'll get his goals and assists as well. I th- I think he'd be a really clever signing. The one we've been linked to it is Leroy Sana. He's like, in talent wise, he's just, you know, one of those rare young players that come along and just blow your mind. But getting him away from Schalke in January won't be easy. I think getting Kevin Volland from Hoffenheim, I think it'd be easier. And and I think Liverpool could hit Hoffenheim up twice by getting him and Nicolas Sewell, the centre-back. I think Sewell, besides Sacco, is your set for years to come, especially with Joe Gomez to eventually replace Sacco, who's like, he's the, the ripe old age of 25. Gomez will be 22 when Sacco's 30, you know, so you've got a lovely little progression there. Sewell is, I think he's 19, 20 at the moment. He's, he's like, it's like watching Sammy Hippia, but he's stronger. Like he's, he's, he's a beast. I think you get the two of them from Hoffenheim for maybe 30 million. I, I think you're laughing. If that's your January, if, if you're Liverpool and that's your January, that's all you do. That, trust me, that's a great window. But obviously there's other options as well. No, indeed. I'll swing across to Leroy. What what do you make of Dave's suggestions there? Or, or maybe you, you have uh, someone else you would suggest, maybe even for, for the defensive midfield. Uh, what, what have you got on? Yeah, um, I think Dave have def- has definitely um, listed out some really, really excellent players, especially Mitri, who is a, a player that I really fancy as well. He's a really, really talented player. He knows how to score goals. But the main thing is that he can create his own goals, and that's something that I think we are missing in the squad as well. Um, I also like the Kevin Wallen shout because um, 
I, I think it's easy to, to pry on, uh, someone like Hoffenheim when they are sort of like bottom of the table right now or something like that. So, uh, another very good, very good shout. But I think you could also toss in Lacazette as well. Um, I know it's been a few seasons and a few windows. Yeah. We definitely could go for Lacazette because mm. Leon are not doing particularly well as well. So maybe that's something we could think about in terms of defensive midfielders or holding midfielders or, or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I think there's no doubt in my mind that you go after uh, one of three players, either Gundogan, um, although I think he's injured now. Um, maybe um, we could look at him more of like an upgrade in the summer, but we secure his signing right now. We could look at uh, Gregor's Kriciowak, uh, who's also a really, really good defensive midfielder, and he definitely fit into almost any any side in the Premier League at the moment. And last but not least, you go for Ruben Neves, um, another really talented player from mm. Porto. Maybe you don't pay 60 million or, or whatever that crazy figure was a few months ago, but if you could maybe get him now and loan him back to Porto for maybe for the next 18 months or so, then you have a, de- you definitely have a top, top player, uh, at your hand. So, so yeah, um, I think apart from, uh, midfield and, and attacking, I think Liverpool could also use someone who can, play on both sides of defense, uh, or, or fullback, especially because we are paper thin at the moment, uh, in that area. So maybe someone like, I, I know Dave, uh, Hendrik has, has also mentioned this before and Sam Biran fits the bill. He's, um, mm. he's a fullback from Leeds. He's, yeah. his contract's ending in the summer. So maybe you could go for like a very cheeky two million, three million bid and, 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 and test the waters and see whether they, uh, they are willing to, to, to give up on that. Uh, maybe you could go for, uh, a watered down version and you could go for Yuto Nagatomo who's also a uh, uh, fullback from Inter Milan who can play both sides of the of fullback uh, contract uh, ending in the summer as well so maybe you could put in a cheeky bit as well and and yeah I think those three areas are the main thing for Liverpool at the moment um, attacking midfield and um, fullback right centre back I think Klopp is pretty content with Martin Schlotter at the moment um, I, I, I just want to see what Klopp thinks of Thiago Ilori whenever he gets to see him train uh, in the training grounds. Do, do you ever notice no, that I all hate... Japanese fullbacks tend to play both sides? There's, there's yeah, like, like a Sakai also. Yes, both Sakai's can play both sides. Um, yes, exactly. The guy, uh, what's the other guy's name? The guy at Schalke. Oh, uh, Uchida. Yeah, he pl- Uchida. He plays both sides as well. Exactly. They just have this <laughs> phenomenal ability to play both sides and look completely at home. It's, it's their position awareness is just really top notch. They just yeah. understand space so so well because they are. I think that's drilled into them when when they first play football. So so maybe that's it. They're just really tactically aware, really really technically gifted players. The Japanese. No one but Dave, for you now. I know you're a, you're a man who loves a DM. Yeah. From 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 the list that Leroy gave you there, where would you be spending your money? Ruben Neves. I. I have never they, they, seen a midfield player to be that, looking that at good him. at that age. I'm, I'm told by someone who told me, it's Graham Kelly. Graham Kelly told everybody that Rodgers was going. On the Thursday before the Everton game, Graham Kelly told everybody Rodgers is gone after the game, regardless of the result, and he was gone after the game. Graham Kelly came on the AI podcast that night and said, it's Jurgen Klopp as the manager, and it was Jurgen Klopp as the manager. And Graham Kelly has said that Liverpool are confident that they can get Ruben Neves in in January, buying him to loan back to Porto for six months till the summer. That kid is absolutely mind-blowingly good. I've never, never, Dave, I saw 
Keane at the same age, Vieira at the same age, Gerrard at the same age, Busquets the same age. I've never seen anyone this good at that age. He, like, yeah, would, you, would, you, would you rate him higher than Tillemans at the moment? Yes. Oh, I don't even would think you? it's close, Dave. Wow. I genuinely don't even think it's close. And I, and I think Yuri Tillemans is a really good player, but I really don't think it's close. I think Neves is on a different level altogether. Wow, and and do you know what kind of? Do you think he's available? You know, would would they be in a position to sell, or would they? they ha- he has a buyout clause. I believe it's like forty million euro. Yep. And so they they don't wouldn't have a choice if you trigger it. They don't really have a choice. Now they might have, you know, some kind of safety net in where they you know they get to keep them till the summer or whatever. But I I, I, I genuinely whatever the cost, I would go and sign him. Because he can fit in any any tactical shape. If you want to play a three, he can play in a three. If you want to play a two, he can play in a two. You play a diamond, he'll sit at the base and he'll run a game for you. Like it's like watching Albertini or Guardiola in their prime with a little bit more to him. There's just something really special about him. Like he, he's somewhere like he, he is. He's just Albertini, but like a modern version more suited to this like quicker pace game than Albertini who played in that more kind of slower methodical you know Milan under Capello where they just went out and they just broke teams down you know this guy can play any style of football you want he's not the quickest the one knock on him is he's not the quickest but his like do you remember when people used to say Paul Scholes is, is 30 seconds ahead of everybody in the way he sees his, sees the game? Like That's Neves. He he just sees everything so much quicker than everybody else. Um, really good at both feet. Defensively, he's just so good. Positionally, it's ridiculous how good he is. I, I would spend all of the money to get him because he's just that good. And, and like, I do really like Yuri Tillman's. I think I think you could play the two of them together because I don't think Thielman's eventually. I don't see him as a player who'll sit in front of a defense the way Neves does. I think you need to let him go forward a little bit more. I think he can be hit and miss defensively. Thielman's. I know he's young; he'll learn. But there's just something about him that I, I just look at him and I just think you're not a defensive midfielder. He's an ideal guy if you're playing a three and you want a Xavi, a Busquets, and an Iniesta. You put him in the Xavi role. You don't put him in the Busquets role. You put Neves in that role, and you put him in. You, like Thielmans is just a little bit different. He's more that kind of in between, not in a, like a proper centre midfielder, like with the ones we don't see anymore, who can just sit in midfield and do a bit of everything. Um, like if failing him, the other guy I'd love is also owned by Porto, and I mentioned him the last one of the last times I did a podcast with you guys when we had Armando on, and it's Diego Reyes. Um, from owned by Porto on loan at Sociedad at the moment. Rumours that he may go back to Porto in January to be sold. Um, and if that's the case, jump all over him because he's really talented. And if you buy him, you play him till the summer. Then then Neves comes in. You could you could roll him back to centre back next to Sacco, and he'll develop into a fantastic centre back because he's he's good enough in both positions. No, I hear you on that. And I think, you know, certainly Jurgen Klopp, I would imagine being a progressive enough uh, coach 
to, to, to look at something like that, Dave, for, for sure. Leroy, for, for you, um, is there anything you want to add more on Liverpool before we, we, we move on? I, I do want to mention to both of you and get both of your opinion actually on this. I know we, we sort of covered it briefly um, in, in pre-pod, but the, the arrangement that, that Brendan Rodgers uh, allegedly had in place with uh, Corinthians for uh, Alexandre Pato for €23 million, Euro, which completely horrified me because I just don't think that he's worth a quarter of it. Uh, but that, and, and with the change of management, I just don't see that happening, regardless of this link keeping, you know, it, it's very much still in the news, but I just don't foresee it happening. What do you guys think? Yeah, about Alexandre Pato, I, I, I'm not too sure because he's done well for sure. Um, I guess considerably well, but is he, is he that good that he warrants a 23 million euro price tag? Uh, that's, that's what I'm a bit iffy about. Um, if, if you're about to figure, um, similar in that range, you go for someone like Leroy Sane or you go, you go for Kevin Volan, you go for the, the talents in, in Bundesliga where they are more accustomed to that, to that tempo, that high, high intensity pace of, of the league. The Brazilian league is, not to say that it's bad, but it's not up to the standards that the Bundesliga is, which is, I guess, arguably, uh, arguably the best league in the, uh, in the world at the moment. So you definitely go for players like Sane, like, like Kevin Volan, like maybe even like Bellarabi, you go for, even League One is fine. You go for Lacazette, Mitri, things like that. Mm. If, you, if you're going to pay that amount, you don't go for, for players in, uh, in the Brazilian League, uh, at, at least not in my opinion. And especially not Alexandre Pato, who I guess, like I said earlier, has done considerably well, but does he warrant it? I think that's another question. No. I think if you can get him for eight to 10 million, Sterling, I think you you do it because I think he's worth the yes. risk, and I think if if he flops, worst case scenario, you sell him and you lose maybe a million or two. Um, I, I'd throw Anwar El Ghazi from um from Ajax and Victor Fisher from Ajax into that group of players that Leroy was just talking about. You know, alternatives in you know in Europe who are already in Europe, who are younger, who don't have the miles on them, and and don't come with the you know the question marks. Um, another player we could look at for the, if you want a wide player because that's what Pato really is now. He's not really a nine anymore. He's more of a wide player. Um, if you looked at another one of the Bundesliga clubs who are currently, you know, fighting relegation, Stuttgart, and maybe go and get Timo Werner. Um, I think he's like he's eighteen or nineteen, but he's really, really talented, and he's young enough that he wouldn't be, you know, demanding a starting role immediately. So you could bring him in and you could rotate him. He's got the potential to play in multiple positions, and I think you you could get him at a really good price, um, especially in January with the way they are at the moment. I think he's got a contract to about till about two thousand and eight, um, or two thousand eighteen rather. Yeah, he's he's nineteen this year. He turned nineteen, and like he's big enough and strong enough and good enough that he could eventually be molded into a striker, but he could also become that Royce type that you know. Klopp loves so you know if you're going to go and, you, and you'd probably get him for that 8 to 10 million so as much as I do like Pato and I've been a fan for a long time like there's, there's a reason he's in Brazil at the moment and like Dave as we said pre-pod like it, it's a really slow paced league it, it does really good quality in the league but it's too diluted and I think once a player hits a certain age, if they're still in the league in, in, in Brazil, Italy's the best place for them to go. Maybe Portugal. You know, some of them will go to Germany and have success. A lot of them go to Ukraine and Russia. 
there's a reason they don't come to the Premier League at that age from directly from that league. It's because the the chain, like we saw it with Paulinho, he was magnificent for Corinthians, easily the best midfielder in, in South America. And then he came to Spurs and he just could not adapt to the pace of the league. And with Pato's history of injuries, you'd wonder, like, yeah, he'd probably be fine for the pace of the league, but what will that do to his body? Now, I know he's not been injured in a while, but, uh, yeah, I, I think he's at that he's price. Playing at, he's playing at walking pace, Dave. How can yeah. you injure yourself when you're walking? You, you know, for me, 23 million euro, uh, which was, was the, the reported deal, it's just like, you know, you're buying a player for that kind of money to watch him tail off. You know, he's peaked. It's, it's past. He's on the downward spiral. You know, you're not, you're never going to realize any money out of it. It's, it's just foolhardy, in my opinion. The only the only thing with him is like he's only the same age as Sturridge. He's only 25. Like he's been around, it seems like forever. I think he's like in year nine of his pro career. And like you probably would get, you might get two good years out of him, but yeah, he is eventually like you could you can only run for so long. It's what I said when we signed Milner. You only have so much miles in your body, no matter who you are or what you do. There's only so many miles in your legs, and like that—that that is the risk. You're, like you're not buying Pato for the long term. Now, in the short term, there are benefits in that it might keep Coutinho happy. You know, it's another person for Firmino to know. It, you could get, you know, a little bit of chemistry between them. They might bring out the best in him as well. The problem you then get is that if you're playing them three as your three behind the one, like I know Firmino and Coutinho work hard, but I'm not sure you're really getting what you need for a Klopp team. Do you know what I mean? I think you need, you just need more drive, a little bit more drive in that role than what Pato would offer. As I said, eight to 10 million, yeah, take a gamble, but 23 million euro. I mean, that's, I think at the moment, that's about 16, 17 million pounds. Yeah. That's like, Brendan Rodgers. That that is. I'm actually really surprised that like, and I, that's where I'd raise the question marks about it. With that, the fact that it's Rodgers and he showed no inclination to sign overseas players at all. He, his scouting involves watching match of the day and players he's coached before. So that's where I'd have my doubts in terms of that that report that it was like. That he he doesn't didn't have the authority to do it either. Like, and where would he have the well, time? Dave, to do it? You know, there, there's clearly something in it because you you know being in a country here in Brazil, it, it's it's a story that won't go away. Paddle oh no, Liverpool, there's definitely Paddle some. It. There's definitely been interest from Liverpool. There, a hundred percent, has been interest from Liverpool. The different there has been different factions in Liverpool. Remember, so Rogers was one faction, and the committee were another. Now, the committee, he's the type of player the committee have been you know, briefed to go and get players who are undervalued for one or one reason or the other, players who, you know, could have a huge upside that you could you could turn into an absolute bargain. But again, he's he's not a bargain at twenty three million euro. He's a bargain at eight eight or nine eight, eight to ten million sterling. Yeah. That could become a twenty three million euro player. Do you know what I mean? And even Absolutely. if you pay twenty three million euros for a Brazilian, I think you should go for Alex Lacera from Shakhtar, or you go for I, I go and get, If I was buying a Brazilian, I'd buy Felipe Anderson from Lazio. Yeah, either one of those two. Yeah, I, exactly. I think he's truly special. I think he'd fit in really well with the with the other two we have. And if he's the FSG model as well, he's like twenty two years old, so he's 
his mm. value is just going to go up no matter what. Listen, I want I want to swing away from Liverpool for a moment and, and look at the curious case of of Chelsea at the moment. And you know, for for sure, I think they're going to be dipping into the market and and maybe quite splashing a lot of cash. Maybe, um, you know, I want to come to each of you, you. You know, it's a very very strange scenario that Mourinho finds himself in. Leroy, um, number one, do, do you expect him to still be there uh, by Christmas with the way things are going? Uh, to, to to be there for the window, and and if he is. What do you think? You, what do you see Chelsea doing uh, in January? Uh, yeah, um, it, it's really tough to call whether um, Mourinho keeps his job un- until the end of the season. But I think I think he will. I think um, they have a good enough squad to, I guess, uh, try to break top four again, or, or at least try to reach um, the Europa League uh, qualification spot. Um, I, I think it's, it's more of a case of players not showing up. Uh, you can see the drop. Uh, in form for Cesc Fabregas. He's been, he's such a different player compared to last season. You can see Matic has dropped as well. Um, not sure why, because Matic is actually a really good player, but his form hasn't been that good. And that's just not a, the squad has not been cohesive as a unit. So that's been a problem. Um, you can see players like Hazard sort of fading off as well and Oscar mm. not doing that well. Uh, William has been the, their best player and, and if William is their best player, when they have so many, uh, star players in their squad, like Pedro, Hazard, uh, you can say Oscar sort of like a squad, uh, uh, a star player, uh, Diego Costa. And if William is their best player, then you know there's a problem in the squad already. Mm-hmm. Um, in defense, I know a lot of Chelsea fans are, are not happy that Ivanovic is still in the team and they're not happy that, uh, someone like Baba Rahman, who's an excellent left back and he's not starting, starting in the squad. So, um, I guess in terms of quick fixes, you go for a, you go for a pretty, uh, experienced center back to try and fill in for John Terry, who might not be as fit as he wants to be, or you go after a, a right back who, who can, uh, fill in for Ivanovic at the moment. Um, but I think the main thing that, uh, Chelsea has to look at is that John Terry and Ivanovic, their contract expire at the end of the season. So they definitely need to get in a, a center back and a right back, uh, for the summer. So, I think John Stones is the automatic guy that you go to. Um, John Stones can play center back, he can play right back, and he's really comfortable on the ball. So that's the one that they definitely will go for, in my opinion. It'd be interesting to actually see whether Stones would would go in the in the in the position that they're in at the minute. Dave, what what do you think of that? I think Leroy is right in that he is the one that you should go for. I just don't think he'll look at. I don't think he'll look to move in January. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, you look at their squad and. Like taking a bit of a long term view on it, you've got Courtois goal, who's you know top three in awesome. the world, possibly second best in the world already at twenty three or whatever he is. You've got Aspilicueta, who's probably the best right back in the league and the best left back in the league. You've got Baba Rockman at, at left back, so that's that's your full back sorted for years to come. There's no need for Vanovic to be playing if you're gonna. Yep. They should go. I, I I do agree with Leroy. I think they need to go and get a couple of full backs in for depth. Get a couple of young fullbacks in. Wave goodbye to Vanovic. I think they should wave goodbye to John Terry as well. I think he's done. I think I think he's finished. He, he, I think Matic was so good last year that it hid Terry. And I think this year, because Sesk has not shown up, I think Matic is just overworked. But yeah. when you've got Kurt Zuma, you go and you buy a partner for him. Now Stones is a great fit. Um, Americ Laporta from um, Bilbao would be an automatic fit next to him as well. Maybe even better suited because 
Zoom is better at right-sided centre-back, and that's where Stones plays. So if you're going to buy one, buy a left-sided centre-back. Go and buy Laporta. And that's your defence sorted for years and your goalkeeper. Then you put Matic in front of them. Go and get someone to play next to him. Maybe just play Ramirez next to him. Maybe that's all it needs. Ramirez and Matic. Or Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the young, you know, stud defensive midfielder they have. Play the two of them in front of that back four. Play Costa up front, if you, unless you buy a striker. And then you've got your options in behind. You've got Willian, Hazard and Pedro. Pick your best two, play them wide. And you've got Sesc or Oscar in behind the striker. Play whichever one of them is in form. I prefer Oscar, but I can see why you'd play Sesc. And then, like, so realistically, if they bought a really good centre-back to go next to Zuma, that's... That's a really good team just by moving some pieces around and bringing in Loftus-Cheek or, or Ramirez next to Matic and just being strong in midfield and having two guys there that actually do the work, um, which then leaves them. Maybe they'll want to go and get a striker. I would buy a striker if I was them. That I'd, I would, I would buy you. a striker. And I would go, like it's the same same guys we mentioned for Liverpool, I would go for for Michi, or I would go for Lacazette, or Icardi from Inter Milan. Go and get one of them. I, I think I think Lacazette might fit best with Hazard, with Sesk or Oscar, and then Willian Dave, Dave, or I Pedro. Just, I, I, I just want to play devil's advocate with you. I remember last year, you know, there was big talk of, of Lacazette and, you know, Liverpool casting an eye towards mm. him, but there was no Champions League football. Like this, in the real world of what we're looking at at the minute, if Chelsea pull Champions League football out of this season, it'll be a, something of a minor miracle. So they're in a completely different place here. Um, even, I think, for the January window, that they might struggle with, with this, you know, top players wanting to play Champions League. And the difference is, Dave, it. that they can offer players 200 grand a week and Liverpool couldn't. Well, so they they could like the thing is and I, so what always got me with the whole like Liverpool can't get players because they're not in the Champions League. If you pay them the money, and then you say to them, "Look, we're not going to be in the Champions League next season, but with you here, we'll be in it the following year." Take a year out of Champions League. Here's an extra fifty grand a week to make up for the fact that you're not going to be in the Champions League. I'm sorry, but players will take that because it's a short career. And they need to maximise what they earn. So I think, like, and, and the fact that it's Chelsea, the fact that they have Marino. See, one of the other things Liverpool were fighting against was the fact that they had Brandon Rodgers in charge and nobody had heard of the guy. Like, if Liverpool were, you know, ninth going into January with no hope of top four, but Jurgen Klopp is knocking on the door and he's got, like, a decent pay packet to hand you, players are going to take it. I don't care what anyone says. Players will take that because it's Jurgen Klopp because he's a proven winner. And because it's a, it's extra money in their pocket, players will take it. They will take it from Chelsea, assuming Mourinho's Mourinho's still there, whether he is or not. I mean, look, I don't. Well, who else is there going to be? They've, they've had everyone else. They have, and that's well, the a, thing. It's you, you know, it's, it's the it's only like one. Model. The name that's out there that might be willing to take it for eighteen months is Capello, because he's got an existing relationship with Abramovich. Um, the only thing is, he was treated so badly by the English media before. I don't think he'd be too willing to come running back unless, you know, the money'd be phenomenal anyway. But on, like, unless he thought he could win something, I don't think he'd come running back. Now, like, like the pieces are, I, I, like, the Chelsea thing is just, it's the strangest thing. Like, people say, well, 
like Leicester been top of the league is the biggest shock in 10 years. It, sorry, it's not. Chelsea being yeah. five Chelsea's points demise. off is just mind-blowing. They won the league last year. They could have won it by 20 points. They were so much better than everybody else. Their squad is phenomenal. But as Leroy said, they're relying on John Terry, who is finished. Ivanovic, who is finished. Ivanovic is a centre-back who's played his entire career at right-back, was never quick to begin with, and now what pace he ha- did have is gone. Um, they're still relying on Gary Cahill. I, I just don't understand that at all. Like, never been a prim- never been a top top defender. He's a mid-table player at best. He should never have been at Chelsea. I know he's won a league title, but I, I don't care. He, he makes so many small mistakes that people just don't don't seem to pick up on. They get covered by other players. He is a walking mistake. And like the sooner they put Zuma in and buy a partner for Zuma and wave goodbye to the age John Terry and, and Gary Cahill, the better they'll be. So as a Liverpool fan, I hope they stick with you know Cahill and Terry for a long time. <laughs> but I, I genuinely, I don't think on the pitch, I don't think Chelsea need a whole lot to turn it round. I think their biggest problems are off the pitch and in that dressing room. Like I, I'm not, don't pretend to be in the know or anything like that. But I, I know people who know people, and I know people who work at certain clubs. And the the Chelsea situation apparently is toxic top to bottom, and only part of it relates to Mourinho. There's bigger problems in that club than Mourinho. Um, and I, like whether it all comes out, I don't know. But people that work there have said, have said to me like I don't see how this gets gets fixed no and, and really it, it, there, there must be something root and branch because you know Mourinho has, has a relationship with that club for, for a long period of time you know there was a, there was a dressing room of players who adored him absolutely adored him Leroy it, it can't just change overnight because of, of one instance with Eva Carnero can it um, I, I don't think so. I think it's because they're actually doing pretty bad in the in the Premier League, and that's why the distress and and there is um, uh, I guess broken relationships here and there. I think last year, I think these problems might stem to to somewhere last year, but they were doing so well in the league, people just shrugged it off because they were winning. Who 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 has the right to complain when you're winning? You know. Um. So yeah, I I I don't think it's an overnight thing. I I think the problems have stemmed for a long time. It's just that Chelsea hasn't done well this season, so that's where the problems come up. And I uh, just wanted to add a little bit on, on what Dave has said earlier. Um, maybe some defenders that they might look into is uh, Nicholas and Kulu from Marseille. Maybe they could look to snap him up in January, or maybe if mm. they want to take a little bit of risk, they might go for uh, Ida Belanta, who's a, who's a young 21-year-old centre-back. Mm-hmm. The, the thoughts of him and Kurt Zuma side yeah, by exactly. side, they would wreck the world. They are just beasts. Absolutely, yeah, and, and they're both 21 years old. And, mm. and imagine, look, look down uh, four years from now. Look at, at the relationship they might have uh, after playing together for four years. I think yeah. that's something that's really, really scary. And uh, maybe as a tricky, um, I, I guess, option to third option to Fabregas or Oscar in the attacking midfield role. Maybe Mourinho might want to bring in Wesley Snyder, someone he's worked with for for uh, in in the past. So maybe Wesley Snyder might be someone he might look at. Um, Maybe on the trip, maybe as a short-term option to try to try and uh, add some creativity to the site. So, so yeah, just three extra names to add in there. If I was Eder Belanta, though, based on recent rumors, I would say no to everybody until Barcelona come in for me next summer, because the rumor is that Barca are going to completely revamp their centre-back pairing next summer, 
and that the two they've targeted are John Stones and Edda Balanta. Uh, they're 21, 22, I think. I think Stones is 22. Like, if Barca got those two, and they've got Ter Stegen behind them, they've got Albert left back, Vidal coming in in January now to play right back, and the, the great Sergio Busquets in front. Everybody else should just give up. And then what's in front of them? Like that front yet. three, you know, could maybe do it a tweak or two, but it's not, it's got potential, oh, you know? <laughs> Mm. Like yeah, it's, it's it's funny, Dave. I was reading the thing. Uh, I was in the Daily Mail. It's probably a lot of shite, like. But um, apparently, you know, Barca are running seventy three percent of their of of their spending at the moment is as his own wages, and they're saying that to keep the front three, um, it's going to be very very difficult for them moving forward because the contracts are just so big, and to keep those three, you know, the Suarez, the Neymar, and the Messi together, it, it's basically breaking them as a club, even though their revenues are huge. Yeah, they're they're paying well. They're, it's not so much Suarez and Neymar. I mean, like, Suarez is probably on 180, 200 grand. Neymar is probably on the same. Messi's on about 400 grand. So <laughs> there's your problem straight away. You know, you're paying one guy 20 million pounds a year, uh, 20 million euro a year, rather, to, to play football. Um, now, he is the best player on the planet at the moment. And, you know, God bless him. He deserves, you know, every penny he gets. But... At the same time, when you're paying 40 million euro a year for three players, it's, yeah, it's going to be hard to sustain that, which is, which is why the rumors are that PK may be on his way out, that Mascherano may be on his way out. Now, if Mascherano's on his way out, Liverpool should be all over trying to get him to come home. PK is another one that Chelsea should look at, probably not in January, obviously, but in the summer. PK to replace Terry wouldn't be a bad uh, a bad transition. No, I hear you not. Leroy, for you, anything you want to add on that? Yeah, um, Barcelona have been firm uh, admirers of recently Barzoa, um, the midfielder from AX. So maybe you could see that in that midfield three. Maybe you could see Busquets, maybe Rafinha. And yeah, th- think, there's, another, there's another rumour coming out of Brazil, actually, uh, that, that uh, Marlon... It has a pre-agreement with Barca for for when the, the the transfer ban stops, and that's a good wee player. Well, the one that they they allegedly have the the big agreement with is Gabi Gol, Gabi Barbosa from Santos. That and would be excellent. Yeah, I mean, like realistically, like look, if they decided that the Messi era needed to come to an end for whatever reason, or if he decided he wanted a different challenge, I mean. Like Man City are ready, willing, and able to pay the money to get him. PSG would as well. I'm sure Abramovich would go for him, and I'm sure United would try and find a way to be in that mix as well. And then you bring in Gabby Goal. Now he's obviously not messy, but you know he's not a bad little finisher to have if you've got Suarez and Neymar. And then this all like, listen, kid, all you need to do is we'll give you the ball, you put it in the net. Like, they didn't miss a beat when Messi was out. There is going to be a time when Messi's no longer there. Maybe, maybe long term for the health of the club, you go and you sell Messi. And now, look, people will jump on this and say, oh, you shouldn't be selling Messi. But if you got 120 million for Messi, you bought Gabby Gold, John Stones, and, and Heather Balanta. I mean, and, 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 and the relief to your wage bill as well, David. Yeah. You're saying 400 well, pounds a week. Yeah, those it's guys a are going to cost less a week than he does. 
Exactly. And you're going to have money left over. And then you've got PK off the bill. That's another 100, 100 grand a week. You get Mascherano off the bill. That's another 100 grand a week. You, know, you, you could save yourself 10 million a year and make some profit off the sale of Messi. So, like, because of how they're run, they are going to have to look into these things because, you know, I know they've been in ferocious debt before and, you know, them and Real Madrid don't really seem to care about financial fair play or, or debts or anything like that. So, you know, maybe they don't need to sell Messi, but if they ever did decide that they want to, they will have it. Like people will say nobody can afford that, but there will be a market there for them. You know, Real Madrid will try and do something silly like make an, make an offer and just to get laughed at, but like there will be clubs sitting waiting for the day Messi and Barca decide to part ways. No, I hear you. And, and, and as I say, I, I think that day is getting closer because, you know, even, even though the appetite may not be there, and it may be, you know, I know for, for, for diehard Barca fans, it's, it's unthinkable. But there does come a time before the, the value starts to decrease that, that you need to max out on these things, especially mm. whenever you've invested so much. And, and you know, Barca have invested fr- from, from Messi, was it basically a, a boy, yeah. uh, in, his, in his medical bills and so on, millions of euros, millions of euros into it. Now, obviously the return that they got on it, magnificent player, absolutely Absolutely magnificent player, but there does come a time when you need to actually realize some some profit on it as well. Dave, would it be correct? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying that Real Madrid are kicking themselves for not selling Ronaldo when they were getting offers two years ago, because he's now thirty. His value will just decrease from here. It's already decreased from what it was two years ago because he's hit thirty. Because that's you know the beginning of the end like he's again he's another one that's been playing since he was 16 so like as great as Ronaldo is he's not as good as he was two years ago and he is going to regress now he'll you know I mean regress he'll he'll go from being you know one of the greatest players in the world to just being a really 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 good player who'd be the best player in most leagues but he's still not going to have the value and again they're paying him 350 400 grand a week so Barca will look at that situation and think, well, do we really want to get stuck like that? I know Messi is different with Messi because he has a better relationship with them and he's been there all his life. But you do hear rumours that he's quite difficult to deal with and that he's very demanding and he wants certain things done his way and that he wants a say in who the manager is and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's it's an interesting... The, the Messi situation is going to be really interesting over the next... I'd say 18 months because this is the window to sell him if you want to maximize what you're getting for him. Like this next Not 18 the, months. Oh, yeah, with the, like the summer window, you would include in that, Dave, yeah? Oh, absolutely. This window, the summer window, next January and then the following summer. And if you haven't sold them by then, there's no point. You might as well keep them. No, indeed. Your thoughts on that, Leroy? What, what would your, if, if you're a Barca fan, what, what would you want to see happening? Um, as in for Barcelona, yeah. Um, I guess we definitely want to see a, a revamped side. Uh, in 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 at least um maybe maybe one uh two seasons from now, you want to see a, a a team that's ready to go without without Messi on a permanent basis. Maybe now they are thinking uh oh maybe we have Neymar and Suarez uh on the short term until Messi comes back if if or when he gets injured. But we want to see uh a squad that's ready to take over when Messi permanently leaves the, the, the side. And, and I think there's, there's no better way than to, than to go for the youngsters right now and let them develop for one, two years before you let Messi go. Um, 
about about selling Messi. I I I I don't think Barcelona are in the position to sell Messi at the moment. Um, I think Barcelona, um, Barcelona's brand rather they're sort of built around Messi in recent mm. times. So maybe all the the youngsters who are who are watching Barcelona and, and they idolize Barcelona, they definitely get attached to Barcelona because of Lionel Messi. So I think you might want to to hop on the train and then stay there for another one two seasons at least. Yeah, there is no. there is the the commercial side of things massively, yes. and it's mm-hmm. so important to a club like that. But like when they bought Neymar, that was sort of the plan was that he would replace him in all those areas, and then you buy Gabby goal, and he you know he's the one then that'll replace Neymar eventually. Like the thing is, if you look at the front three, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know they only bought him a year and a half ago, but Suarez is probably the one. Like, if you're a Barca fan, you'd probably look at Suarez. He's the oldest of the group, so like, he is what he is. And like, he's one of the top three players in the world. But he's awesome. He's <laughs> it's just he is so. He's got better, good. Dave. That's the problem. He's he got has. Better. It's disgusting. He's it's better, absolutely yeah. disgusting. I I genuinely think right now. I think from from January of last year to now, if you look at the of, of this year rather, if you look at the calendar year for 2015, I think best Suarez player. is the best player in the world. Absolutely, best player in the world. Leroy, would you agree yeah. on that, Leroy? Definitely. Um, I don't think you can name anyone who is better than Suarez um, from any position in any club in from any nationality, uh, any countries. Suarez has been the best. Um, not only even if you remove the goals and assists, and you just watch him play. And mm. you see how, how he translates things, uh, that he wants to work in his mind to actually what happens in reality. It's crazy. You cannot, that is unmatched, uh, unprecedented, uh, talent at the moment. Like, the, th- the thing is, like, look at him when he was at Liverpool and he made literally, like, Jordan Henderson, Raheem Sterling, Daniel Sturridge, Philippe Coutinho. He made all of those guys better. Now, they're all really good players. Coutinho, I think, will become a great player. I think fully fit Sturridge can be can be a great player, and I think Sterling could become a great player. But Neymar is a great player, but Suarez has made him better. Like 
that's the effect he has on those around him. He can literally take like Messi is Messi. He is he's on like fully fit Messi at a hundred percent is 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 better than Suarez. There's no question. But take him out of the equation and take Ronaldo out of the equation. Suarez with any other player in the world will make them better because he's like he's so intelligent. And that's what people always missed with Suarez. And when he was leaving Liverpool, people were saying, oh, well, you replace the goals, replace the assists. You're not going to replace the work rate. You're not going to replace the leadership. You're not going to replace the will to win. And you're not replacing the intelligence. And you look at some of the goals he scores. And when he's making a run and he's got a young player making a run with him, he's pointing at them, telling them where to go, where to bring the defender, because he knows that if they do that, he's going to have an easy tap. And I can't remember who it was. Was it maybe Celta Vigo he scored a goal against this year where he's making a run and he just pointed to to a young attacker. You run that way. And the guy went that way. The defender went that way as well. And Suarez just nipped around. Perfect cross in and he had an easy tap in. And you like, that's what sets him apart. It's not the actual ability. It's how intelligent he is, how many runs he makes. Like we saw it with Liverpool. He would make runs way out to the wing, drag defenders away, and Daniel Sturridge and Raheem Sterling could play one-on-one football with defenders all day long. You take him away and all of a sudden, like, sorry, but I know Raheem Sterling has a lot of fans, but he hasn't been half the player since Suarez left that he was with Suarez. I know he's only a kid, but like, I think City bought based on something they thought they saw in him that was really something that was Luis Suarez. No, I hear you. Well, listen, I, I want to move on. and I, I want to move actually to Manchester uh, and I'll give you this scenario, Dave. Um, you're Louis van Gaal, and, I, and by that I, mean, I don't mean you have a face like a satellite dish, but you've got problems at the minute, and your fans hate you. And what yes. you, you, you know, you're going to have to go to the transfer window. You've got um, an elderly striker who doesn't give a fuck on three hundred quid or three hundred grand a week. What yeah. do United do here? The worst contract in football belongs to Wayne Rooney. And uh, the way he he bullied Manchester United into uh, successive contracts is to and be then put his feet up for the rest of his career. Yeah. By the looks, and then he hasn't cared since, and he swans around, and he's captain of England, he's captain of United, and he's breaking goal scoring records, and everybody thinks he's a great fella. But chap hasn't played well in two years, and like Alex Ferguson is largely to blame for this. Um, but you know he's not there to take the blame. Because he swanned off and left a mess for Moyes. Um, if I no, was, he just sleeps in director's box every week. <laughs> oh, you know, it, like if I was if I was Van Hal, I the first thing I'd look to do is change the shape. Um, like I think, like they have they have the talent there, and like you look at Martial and and Depay, and that's two thirds of what could be an incredible front line. Like, go and buy Michi. Play Michi in between the two of those lads. And you will absolutely run roughshod over teams. Put Mata in behind them. And then, you know, I, I personally, I think it should be Schneidlin and Herrera in the midfield because I think yep. Schweinsteiger has been nothing short of a disaster. And I, Michael Carrick has, has had a Steven Gerrard and he's gotten really old really quick. And uh, I, I'd be playing Schneidlin and Herrera every time they're fit. Like, there's, they seem solid at the back. Um, I think what he's done with, with with Blind has been tremendous. I think he's developing into a very, very good centre-back. Uh, Chris Smalling is channeling Yap Stam and is playing out of his mind. Those two together have been the best pair in the league this year, um, which, says, which says it all about how poor defenders are in the Premier League in general. 
But it says a lot about Van Hal and how good he is defensively. Darmian's a really good fullback. And obviously they lost Shaw for the year. They need a fullback. They need a left back. Short term, long term, whatever. Going by a left back. Um, you know, the couple of the guys that Leroy mentioned earlier on, you know, those, those Japanese lads who can play both sides, go and get one of them and just slot them into Luke Shaw, comes back, you get them on the cheap and, you know, you'll have them for a long time to come. Um, they're going to have bigger problems though, David, in that David, De ha- David De Gea is leaving next summer. He only signed that contract because it comes with a guaranteed buyout clause. You don't expect any movement in January, Dave, because it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that, that uh, you know no, to come back in. I genuinely think he's given his word that he'll stay for the for the year. I I think he just to me he strikes me as the type that yes he wants his move to Real Madrid, but he also knows that he's twenty four. I think he's twenty twenty four twenty five. He knows that he's young. He knows that they'll be waiting for him when he's ready. Um, now they, they might actually go and buy his replacement in January and I would be very worried because the name I've heard is, is, is Horn from Cologne, who I want at Liverpool. Um, but he's the name I've heard that they want to replace David De Gea. Um, like if, like De Gea is going to be a huge loss. He's incredible. Like he's one of the best keepers in the world. But like if you lose him and you don't address your striking issues, then yeah, you've got a solid back four. And a midfield that you don't know seem to know who your best two are, even though it's quite blatantly obvious. And then you won't play the rest of the players in their correct positions. Um, I, like they should go and buy a left back, go and buy a Michi. I, th- I think that'll get them top four. They're not going to win the league. There's, I just don't think you can win the league playing the way they play. I, think I don't think anybody's going to win the league, Dave. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think anybody wants to win the league. I think it's it unfair. would be almost fair to just turn around and say, "Look, nobody's win the league. We're just going to give it to Leicester." They're, they're the only ones <laughs> that deserve by it. But, yeah, exactly, basically, first it... half of the season, they're the only ones that deserve it because, like, Man City the fans must be going out of their minds because they should be miles clear at the top of the league. Like the points they've dropped this year, it's a joke. Um, United haven't impressed, other than the defence, they haven't impressed me at all. But I do really like the potential of Martial and Depay. So I'd buy Michi. But, but, but it's, it's nil-nil after nil-nil, Dave. As you said, yeah. they've addressed the, the leaky defence, but there's nothing in front. You're, you know, you're persisting, as I say, with it, with Rooney, who's just bleeding you dry. Um, and you'll never sell him. You know, no, he's there for the, Again, they've they'll held never him. sell him. They've held on, on to him for too long. Um, I don't know yeah. what the duration of his contract is, whether he has two or three years left. But the smartest thing they could do is wait till he has two years left and you know offer to buy him out, just offer him um, the I money. Think it, I think it's oh. like four years left, three, three, four oh. years left. It's until twenty nineteen. If it's four years left, then best of luck to his buddies. <laughs> it's, 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 it's actually frightening. You know what I mean? I could say it's hilarious, but it's not. But in, in real terms, like imagine you're a United fan having to deal with that for the next four like, years, just knowing that you can't move he's, it. He's earned more money than Luis Suarez and Neymar. Like it's a disgrace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he's he's paid like one of the top five players in the world, and he's not even one of the top five players. I would say that plays in Manchester at the moment. And and Lee, right? There's been there's been talk of uh, them looking at Ronaldo. There's been talk of them looking at Neymar. You know, for 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 this marquee signing to sort of ignite the front uh, the the front of the team. What do you what do you make of all that? Do you do you think those are realistic or just pie in the sky nonsense? Uh, yeah, I, I think just uh, the the media uh, up, upping things up to to get the clicks and get the buys and things like that. Um, 
honestly, I, I, I don't see any reason for, for Man United to get anyone in midfield. I think if they, if they play sort of like a 4 2 2 2, then the only thing that they really need to get is a left, is a proper left back and, and a striker. Because like Dave mentioned, uh, Smalling and Deli Blin has been really, really good at center back. And then, um, Damian has been really good at right back. For left back, maybe they could look at someone like Jethro Williams. Uh, that's the first name that comes to my mind. Someone you could get for maybe, uh, seven, eight million euros and, and you perform for the next four or five years for you because he's only 21. And um, he's, and he's best mates with Memphis Depay as well. So it might solve some of the Depay problems that they're having. Yes. Yes, exactly. And also, um, he understands how Depay likes to defend and attack. So that's a perfect compliment there. Then in midfield, you have Sliderlin, who's currently injured, I think. And then you have, uh, Herrera, and that's your automatic, uh, midfield too. Ahead of them, you have Depay playing on the left and Martha on the right. I don't see any problem in that. The problem lies up front where you have Martial playing alone, uh, because Wayne Rooney disappears and then he's currently injured. I think Wayne Rooney. So maybe, maybe if I were Van Hal and I want to win the fans back, uh, you go for someone who's really, really highly known. And someone highly known that comes to my mind right now is, uh, Gonzalo Higuain. You, you observe the, the situation at Napoli right now and see if you can pounce on Higuain and see if he wants to wear the reds of Manchester. I think that's how you win the fans back because Higuain is a, a pretty known goal scorer. I think he's a very clinical finisher as well. So he might fit, um, sort of like that target man, but uh, a clinical uh, finisher kind of role. And then you have Martial going around him and, and trying to make, uh, cause trouble by, by playing around and off the shoulder of Higuain. And then you have Depay and, and Juan Mata uh, pulling the strings from out wide. I think that's excellent for them. No, that's, that, that's, you know, interesting. But, you know, and, and I don't doubt for one second that, that it would work for them. But then we come to the other thing, Dave, you know, back, back to what we're talking about. You've got your captain. The man who's on the biggest, uh, the biggest wage in the club. What do you do with him? Do you drop, does Gangal have the balls to drop him? I think their only option would be to ring Chelsea, see if they wanted him, to ring PSG, see if they wanted him. Real wouldn't want him now. Barca obviously it would have absolutely. No, be, be, as you say, based on but the last two years, no, nobody's paying a penny. Nobody's paying for him. Nobody's paying for him. I would love to see them go and get Ronaldo. I genuinely would love it because then you're talking about two guys who'll be the wrong side of 30 quite soon that they'd be paying a combined 700 grand a week to. What's that? 35 million a year. Like, wow. go, go and do that. Go and, go and do that. Go and buy Ronaldo. If I'd say if they, if they offered Real 50 or 60 million, Real would probably take it at this point because they're looking to go in a different direction themselves, you know, so. But then Real just laugh up their sleeve as well, and and uh, well, that's it. If Real, know, if 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 they turn around to Real and said, "Look, we'll give you De Gea and yeah, 40 60 million, million yeah, whatever, 50 million, yeah." I think Real had snapped their arms off. Yeah, so because like, again, you're, you're talking about you, you know Ronaldo's reached his peak, his best years are you, you know he's don't get me wrong, still a wonderful player. We're not we're not talking like, about anything they, like that. If, but his his future is reduced. Yeah, if they want to go and get a marquee player who will appease the fans, who will do really well there. I think he's enormous. I think he's the most overrated player in the world. But I think Garrett Bale. I think Bale in that team would work. I think he could play Mata off the right, Bale in the hole, and Depay off the left behind Martial. Or he could play 
you know, have Bale coming off the right with Mata Central, whatever way you're going to do it. I think Bale would fit that team. I think we've seen what he can do in the Premier League. Like he can be really good in the Premier League. He's never, ever an £80 million player or whatever it was Real paid from. Now, Real will want their money back. I think United would be stupid enough to go and I think they'd pay 90 to £100 million for him. So I think they're sick. So I. But I think, I think if they want to go and get, like I, the Higuain shout by Leroy, it, that, is, that is a move that a sensible person would make. I don't know there's a whole lot of sense operating at United anymore. I think if they... I think they, I think they could go for Bale in the summer. I don't, don't think they'll do it in January because I just don't think Real will sell in January. But I think if if Real could get the money back, or again if they could get sixty million and, and De Gea out of it, I think they'd snap their hands off because Bale yeah, has but, been a flop in in Spain. Whether people like it or not, he has been a flop in Spain. He's dreadful. Well, he's certainly not not, not been up to to the standard he was at Tottenham at the end. No, he, no he's not showing, even. He's shown he a few the, flashes now. Dave, yeah, but he, he needs but the team overall. built around him. And at Real, he's probably about the fifth or sixth best player. He needs to be the man. Like, that's what he needs. That's why he plays well for Wales, because the team is built yeah, around and, him. And to be fair, that's what would happen at United, because yeah. really, at the end of the day, there are no names really there. No. I, you know, and, it's a, and it's such a strange circumstance to say it, Dave. You know, there are no names left at United. There's not, not real big. There's not no, you, like, you know, not, not, not. The problem they have is that the, their biggest name, obviously, is Rooney, and he's he's been garbage for two years. They have these two young lads in Depay and Martial who... I think they'll be fantastic players. I think they'll be like top, top players, but they're young. There's nobody in that 24 to 27 range who's a top player. There's nobody at the club who's in that range and is a top player now. De Gea, obviously, but he's a goalkeeper. He can only influence the game, you know, at one end of the field. Um, uh, like I think, I, I do think if they want to make a marquee signing, I think he's the one that would go there. I think he makes the most sense for them. I think he's the right age. Where you know you're going to get his best years. I think I think you, you go and you get Bale, and I think it suits everybody. I think it suits Real. I think it suits United. You might even spark a bit of life back into Rooney, um, but I think he'd fit well with the other good players they have there. Like like Mata is probably their best player, and the thing is, like you think back three years ago, Mata was one of the best players in the Premier League, and he's just fallen off this cliff. Now he's still really good on his day. But his day only happens every so often. Yeah, he's lost the consistency. Leroy, I, I want I want to come across to you, and we'll go to the other side, the blue side of Manchester. And again, it's it's a similar story. It's a very patchy uh, start to the season, and I'm sure that that the, the hierarchy there, the Etihad, are far from happy with what they've seen so far in this week yep. league. They they look the strongest on paper, but they're struggling. If you if you're Manuel Pellegrini, where do you where do you look in January? Um, I, I think the first thing you look at is um, someone who can play back up to David Silva and, and still maintain that level of uh, creative efficiency because once Silva is out of the squad, uh, I don't think Kevin De Bruyne is able to, to carry the whole team on his own. Uh, David Silva has always been one of the brightest sparks in the in in the Manchester City side. And, and also, uh, you definitely need to go for a better striker than Boney, I think, uh, to back up to uh, Sergio Aguero because without... Silva and without Aguero, the whole team is just relying on Kevin De Bruyne to to nick something here and there. Um, I think every uh, in other positions and things like that, I think they're pretty much fine. Uh, maybe they might want to go for uh, another fullback uh, to to replace maybe Kolarov or maybe uh, Zabaleta who's falling off a little bit or Osanya who's I guess um, into the twilight years of his of his career. 
Uh, goalkeeping wise, I think Joe has excellence, so I don't think you have a- any worries there. I think Otamendi and, and Mangala, even though they might seem shaky, um, that's something you can build on for, for the next two, three years, something you can still rely on for the next two, three years. Uh, in midfield, uh, I- I'm not too sure because Fernando, he was really excellent pre, um, pre Manchester City, but now he's, he seems to have dropped off a little bit. Fernandinho has been really good, uh, this season, so I, I don't think that's, that's somewhere you should upgrade. Um, yeah, I, if it were me, I would just add, add an attacking midfield, uh, into that side. Um, or maybe you can go really, really bold and, and bring in Yuri Tillemans, um, right now. You just splash all the money on him and, and hope he works out and, and be the next, uh, the, the Yaya Torre 2.0, you could say, and, and bring that spark into the team. I think that's what Man City can do. Just improve that creative side and maybe a backup striker for Sergio Aguero because Boni hasn't been been firing on all cylinders, so maybe that's where you look at. No, indeed, and I think uh, there's rumours there that Boney might might be on the move in January. I was certainly reading that. Dave, for you, obviously, you know, Yaya Turi's not the player he was, sadly, and what a player he was uh, in his day. Do you think that's an area that the City should be looking at, replacing with a real good DM? Yeah, I think it's time to start, you know, preparing the the farewell cake for Yaya. Um, he just doesn't look why, like he's a with football. the farewell one. They never, they never bothered with birthdays. He, Forget about never birthday one. Um, yeah, like he, he just doesn't look like he wants to play football there anymore. Um, the, the, the five minutes a game he cares. He's the best midfielder in the league, but for the rest of it, like it's not even that he's poor. He, he's just non-existent. Um, Thielman's is a great fit there for them. Do you feel, do you feel that, uh, Yaya Turi would offer something? In another club, do you think? Do you think it's a, a personal thing? He's gone as far no, as City. No, I, I think his legs. I think his legs have just he's like he, he's a big, big guy. He's been playing a long, long time. I think his legs are just starting to give up on him. I think if you were playing him in the hole behind the striker, you could still get you know production out of him. I just don't think you can get it out of him in centre midfield anymore, especially not in the two. Um, like I think, I think City, I think they need massive overhauling. As great as they are, like well, as great as a lot of the players there are, like Hart, I, I'm not as high on Hart as as a lot of people. I think he's overrated. He's a good keeper, like don't get me wrong, but like I just I don't know if he'd be my first choice. But regardless, they need new starters at both fullback spots because Sanya is terrible. Clichy's gone away. Kolarov's awful. Zabaleta just can't seem to to get fully fit. Company can't stay fit. Otamendi is brilliant. He's the best centre back in the league, I would say, this year. I think he's been but he's really still good. Adjusting, Dave, and, he, know, and he's still adjusting. He's still adjusting to the league. Like if yeah. they, I think they should go out, and I think they should look to buy a replacement for Company. Yep. Enos from PSG. Um, you could move Mangala back to the right side centre back. He's played there before. He actually, when he was when he first broke through, I think it's standard Liège, he played right side centre back. I know he's left-footed, but he's actually both-footed. And he came through playing on the right side because they they had like a stalwart who was left-footed and played and played on the left side. So he's And he played a fair bit at Porto. Now, he played with Otamendi at Porto as well, which people often forget. They played together at Porto, and they were really good together. Um, so they could do that. Um, they need... I think they need a centre midfielder. I think Thielmans is a great shout. I think you pair, pair him with Fernandinho. 
and I think you're in business um, because Fernandinho, he, I know he's, he's 30 now, but he's he's still playing really well. Um, I Leroy hit the nail. What's happened to uh, to Fernando Regis? He like he literally has fallen off a cliff since joining City. I think he's one though that needs to play every game. I think the fact that he hasn't gotten to do that at City has really affected him negatively. Um, the three behind the one, look, Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne is magnificent. Um, he, just tremendous player. I think Silva's the issue in that he just. You know, he's out so much of the season and they don't have a like for like to come in and play that role. I would go for Max Mayer from Schalke um, to play, to, to basically come in and be his apprentice and replace him maybe in two years. Um, Sterling has the left side, I think, fairly locked down. And then up front, obviously Aguero, like when he's fit, he just tears the league apart. The issue is he's not always fit. And the other Daniel, Daniel Sturridge, you know, yeah, they're very I think, similar in that regard. See, the, the thing for me, Dave, is that like, if you play a certain way, and your team is built to service a certain type of striker, and you take that striker out, and you bring in a completely different type of striker, it affects everybody. So, like, Boney's really good. I take Boney at Liverpool because he's better than Benteke. But Boney's not an alternative to Aguero. Boney is either a partner for Aguero or he's, you know, a, a change of pace guy that you bring on with 20 minutes to go if you're struggling to break someone down. He's not a guy that you start when Aguero is not there because he's just not that type of player. He doesn't do any of the, say, any of the things Aguero does. But with Aguero, he could be good. Coming on off the bench, he could be good. Same as I've said about Benteke, Liverpool, he's not a not an alternative to Sturridge. Now, he can't play as a partner to Sturridge either because he just can't play in a two. But you bring him off the bench at 20 to go, and he is lethal. Like, we saw it against Chelsea. We saw it against Southampton. He comes off the bench, and he makes a big difference. Um, so I think they need a striker. We've mentioned the guy a couple of times already who'd be a good fit there, and that's Lacazette. Um, I think he'd be a really good fit there. Now, the thing is, like he he could play either instead of Aguero, or he could play with Aguero. And the idea of the two of them together, and see, this is where you could maybe get him and kill two birds at one stone. He could play instead of Aguero, and you could have your three behind. But if Silva's injured, he could play with Aguero, mm. and then you've just got De Bruyne and Sterling wide, and you, you just narrow your midfield, and you go to a shape that it'd be a little bit more like what Atletico Madrid do in that you don't ask De Bruyne to be your, you know, your playmaker as such, but he can dictate the game from that inside right channel a little bit narrower, kind of like what um, Atletico did with Koke for the last couple of years. Sterling then gives you your pace and your outlet on the left and you play one behind the other up front. And in doing that, you know, you're giving yourself different options and you're not relying so much on a player in, you know, Silva, who's as injury prone or Aguero, who's so injury prone. So Lacazette could be the one who they completely fix what the issues that they have, you know, at the, at the back or at the back up front and then maybe look to fix whatever else they need. But like I say, oh, I think over the next two years, I think realistically, I think, they're going to need to buy probably five starters, two fullbacks, maybe a centre-back, 
absolutely one midfielder, maybe another midfielder, and probably an attacker as well. No, and, and do, do you see Pellegrini lasting beyond this season, Dave? No. Because I, I, no. I personally don't. If I was him, like you, you asked Leroy, what's, if you were Pellegrini, where's the first place you'd look this summer or this January? I, I'd be looking at job listings. I'd be looking at potential <laughs> clubs to go to next summer because he's not going to be there next summer. He's just not. He seems, I, to, be, he, he seems to get outthought quite a bit. Um, and, 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 you know, he seems like a very nice man. Don't get me wrong. But, but, but he just doesn't seem to have that sort of that, that edge that mm. top level managers have. You know, that, that nasty edge when he needs to have it. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason he didn't win anything for so long. Like he's good, but he's limited. He's a step up on most of the Premier League. But when you're bringing Klopp, Van Hal, Mourinho, you know, I think Pochettino is a better manager than him. Uh, Wenger's obviously, Wenger's, I mean, the guy's incredible, Wenger, what he's done at Arsenal. I think if you're City, you're looking at, you're, you're now, you've now got the fifth best manager in the league at best, maybe probably the sixth best manager in the league. And it, it's, it's showing. Not, it's showing <laughs> it's and it's showing. affecting your team. And it's it's time to go cap in hand to Pep Guardiola and say, whatever it is you want, we will give you. Your two best friends, well, two of your best friends work for us. Come and work with them. You get free reign. Do what you want. Stay as long as you want. We'll give you a one-year contract that just rolls and rolls. If you're going to leave, give us six months' notice. We'll pay you whatever it is that you want. You've got unlimited transfer funds here. You've got a bunch of players that'll fit really well into what you want to do. But again, the thing is, while they have a bunch of players who do fit really well, they've got a bunch of players who won't fit really well. I mean, you know, he wasn't the biggest fan of Yaya Toure when he had him and he often stuck him at centre-back. So, you know, and there's another bad contract. I mean, I don't know how Yaya's where he got two years left. He's on stupid money as well. So, like, all this mad spending that City did and then others tried to do to keep up with them. Like the, the the Rooney contract, like that was that was basically because there was all that noise. It's like that self destruction. It's yeah. self destruction basically. Yeah, it's it's just not sustainable. Um, we are. I mean, we're coming to an end of an era in the Premier League. In that, like, ter- like Gerrard's gone, Lampard's gone, Scholes is gone, Giggs is gone, Carragher's gone, Terry's almost gone, Rooney's you know might as well be gone. Like they're the players that have kind of defined the Premier League for the last you know decade. And you got the likes of Toure as well, who had a huge impact. Company had a huge impact. Like th- these guys are, you know, they're they're close to done, and it's interest. It's going to be interesting. The next three years, of the Premier League going to be really interesting because there's so much money in in it now, and the the quality is just, you know, just so diluted. Oh. Uh, like there's it, more, more money than more money than there's ever been, and yeah, yet, and, and less talent. Think ever. And you look at the Bundesliga and it's absolutely bursting at the seams of talents. It's a total opposite in the Bundesliga, isn't it? It's um, yeah. not so much money, but the talent is, is amazing. Oh, the talent, the way the clubs are run, the, stadium, like the stadiums are just on a different level to everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I, the Premier League is, is, is facing a very important couple of years if, if it's to be sustainable in the long term, because realistically, I you know, I can see a time in the next five years where the Premier League is no longer exists and we've got a you know, some sort of European Super League because the Premier League just implodes because there's too much money and teams are just overspending and eventually that money bubble will burst because look, 
regardless, Sky are not going to continue to pay the type of money they've been paying if the quality is not good because people are turning off. You know, people are turning off the Premier League, and if they do want to watch it, they're watching it on American streams because they can watch the three o'clock kickoffs. So Sky are going to look at that and say, well, like, what's the point? We're not going to want to spend all this money here. Fans are getting ready to revolt about ticket prices. There's, there's going to be a breaking point, and it's not not going to be like in the distant future. It's going to be the next couple of years. No, I'm, there's, I couldn't disagree with you. I couldn't. It, it's, it's just a money madness merry-go-round. But listen, I want to come to the Gunners. Um, I'm going to start with Leroy. Um, you know, they're, they're there and thereabouts, but they always are. But they just still seem just to be that little bit short. If, if, if you're asking Wenger, what are you looking at to, to, to bolster in January uh, for you, Leroy? Yeah, the first things first, um, that squad is crippled. Uh, Coquelin's out, Ateta's out, Cazola, Rilsha, Rosiski, um, uh, Alexis Sanchez is out, I think. Um, I, I think Danny Welbeck might not be fully fit. So they are, they are basically injury ridden and it's all in midfield. So definitely the first thing you look at when you're asking Wenger is to bring in the midfielder. Um, I, I, I think we have to go back to Yuri Tillemans. So I think he's just an easy shout. Um, he fits in in almost any team in the Premier League and, and no one would be that stupid to say no to someone like Yuri Tillemans when you have the chance. So yeah, you definitely go for Tillemans. You could maybe go for, uh, if they want a defensive midfielder, maybe they can go for Roman Neustadter, who's, who's contracts ending. Uh, end of the summer, so maybe they can they can slap him up for for something like uh, say ten million euros or something like that um, to take advantage of their contract ending. So you definitely want to go for midfielders. Um, you definitely want to go for a, a striker. I, I know the last time we spoke on on WFI, uh, Dave and Dave, uh, which I, I said that uh, Arsenal do, do, don't need a centre forward, but I think now. With uh, Giroud being a little bit hit and miss, and and with no other proper backup, I think they definitely need a striker. Um, as to who, I think I think Higuain comes back to the picture. I think that's who Arsenal fans want to see, and that's who you should bring in. Uh, defensively, I think I think they're pretty fine. I think Bellerin has been really good this season. Um, easily top three uh, in terms of the best right backs in the league. At left back, uh, Monreal has been has been decent. Uh, Gibbs has been decent. Uh, center back, I think, I think they're pretty covered at center back. I think Peter Cech has been, uh, one of their best, uh, one of the best, uh, goalkeepers in the league as well. So defensively, they're fine. Just need to bring in the midfield reinforcements and maybe a striker again. No, and Dave, and, and for you, Dave, you, you know, I know for, for a long time, everybody was saying, oh, Arsenal need a goalkeeper, Arsenal need a goalkeeper. Well, they got one in, in Peter Cech. But yeah, for me, I don't know, it's just me. And, you know, he's a fine player, but I still think that Arsenal still need, uh, to, to be looking for something behind them, um, like a, like a backup keeper. Yeah, exactly. Um, they do, they you do know, because have, his days are numbered. They do have David Ospina there, who's I think is a really good keeper. Um, so they, I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be prioritizing that. I look at the team, and I, you know they've got um, Bellerin and Debussy at right backs, they're sorted there. They've got Monreal and Gibbs at left back, they're sorted there. Um, unfortunately, I think the two best centre backs are Kashalny and Gabriel, and they both play left sided centre back. I think Mertesacker is just aging by the day, like years at a time by the day. Um, I, I'd, I'd be looking for a right sided centre back if I was them. Um, like, I, we've mentioned them a couple of times, like if they wanted to go big, go and buy John Stones. 
because he you know he'd fit what they want want to do and how they play. Um, I think they need a holding midfielder. Leroy mentioned uh, Kragoyak from Sevilla earlier on. He would be, I think, perfect because he's so good defensively. I think he's a big upgrade in Kakayin. I think he'd shield that defense really well. You, you, you know, the other option they have at right side centre back is you know Callum Chambers, but Chambers is a midfield player, and he's primarily a box to box midfield player. That's what he is. He, he got stuck playing right back at, at Southampton because Klein got hurt, went to Arsenal and got stuck playing centre back because Mertesacker got hurt, and all of a sudden he has this reputation as being a defender, but he's not. He's a midfield player, like. The thing for me is I think Arsenal need to find a bit more balance in their midfield. So if they went to a diamond and they had Krigoyak deepest and then Ramsey and, you know, say you develop Chambers into that other box-to-box midfield player, I mean, that's a really good three that you could build off. Then you play Osel as the 10 and you got Sanchez up front with one other. Um, Who that one other is now is the question mark. I... I like the the Higuain fit there, but I don't know whether they're going to be willing to pay what it'll take to get him. Um, we've mentioned Lacazette; he'd fit there. Icardi, I think, would be a brilliant fit there. Um, and I think I think he'd go there as well. The other option they would have if they wanted to go in the Premier League is um, is Sado Berahino from West Brom. Um, which might be a bit of a reach. Some people might look at it, but I, I think he's genuinely a really talented player. And I think he'd score for fun in that team. And, you know, we've always heard that Arsenal need this fox in the box player, and that's what he is, but he could eat so much more as well. So I'd actually look at getting him and getting Krigowiak. I think that's 45 million. That'd be really well spent. And then maybe in the summer you go and you buy your right-sided centre-back. And then I think you're you're pretty stocked because they do have Cocaine, they have Arteta to come back, they've got Cazorla to come back, um, Riziki. I, well, I think Riziki, just, it's time to retire. I actually thought he had retired because I had, hadn't seen or heard of him in months. I thought he'd finished. Um, like I think if they got Berahino just because of what he can do in you know in the penalty area, and because, you know, 20 million and 80 grand a week is what you get him on, as opposed to 30 million and probably the best part of 200 grand a week for Higuain. And uh, now, obviously, Higuain's a much better player at the moment, but I'd, I'd rather get, you know, 10 years of Berahino than three years at best of Higuain. Plus, Higuain has a tendency to go through patches of just being utterly dreadful and incredibly lazy. So, I think they need to be careful with that. The attitude might not be the best at times. But like Arsenal, they don't need as much as some of the other teams. But I think what they do need, I think they need to go big and they need to spend big money on the three positions I'd look at and say those definitely need to be upgraded. And like you could probably say four positions. I've I've kind of stuck Chambers in one of those box-to-box midfield players. The guy Yuri, or the guy um, Leroy has mentioned again, Yuri Thielmans, Again, would be a perfect fit in that diamond um, with with Ramsey and with Krigowiak and Osel. That that would be a brilliant diamond. Like if you could pull that off, that would be a, a truly special midfield. Even though, like I do think Ramsey's up there with you know in those most overrated players in the league. But he is a very good player. He's just not the you know the rebirth of Steven Gerrard that Arsenal fans make about to be. 
No, no, I hear you on that. Leroy, have you, before we get into the WFI Top 100, do you have anything uh, more to say on Arsenal? Um, you, you know, it, it's almost like these clubs that we've talked about in this pod, this this is the finding window that could, could make or break their, their, their attempt to win the Premier League because it's wide open at the minute. The right signings, I think, for, for any one of these teams could be the difference between ending up on top and not. Um, yeah, definitely. Um I, I think Dave has made a lot of, um, of really good shouts. I think Barrett, he knows a shout that, that even I, I didn't see. And, and maybe that's something that they could look at, especially since, uh, Arsenal is a really big club and, and one club that can, um, I guess pull him away from West Brom if there's anything. So I think that's a shout. Maybe if they want a watered down version of him, they could look at Charlie Austin. Uh, maybe, maybe they'd be interested in that. Um, but I guess apart from that, uh, in midfield, they're pretty fine. Um, if they go for someone like Tillemans and, and they, uh, Coquelin comes back in time and they have Ramsey, uh, Kazola, Ozil, I, I think they'll be pretty okay, but they definitely need to bring in a midfielder real soon because I don't think they can, they can, uh, stop the bleeding a, a, any sooner. No, that, that, that's cool. Listen, I, I'll say, I want to give you a couple of shots at, at the, the top 100 players. Um, and I know you two have, like, have very keen eye on, on, on young players and, and established players. So I'm going to give you uh, two shots at it because we want to get our list bulked up uh, for the new year. So, Leroy, go ahead and give me two choices um, and your, your reasons why you would, you would choose them. Um, far away, floor's yours. Um, okay, so I guess the first shout I will give is to, um, um, it's pretty hard because the Bundesliga is filled with so much talent, but, um, I'm gonna steal Dave's, uh, potential shout and, and I'll say, uh, Timo Horn is one that I'll put in there. He's easily one of the best, um, goalkeepers in, in the Bundesliga and in, in the world of football. So I think that's, that, that's a pretty reasonable shout from me. Um, and why don't you go to Dave first? I'll, I'll think of the second one real quick. No problem. Uh, say, uh, Timo Horn seems to be getting plenty of, of plaudits at the minute, Dave. Uh, what, what do you have for us as your first? Um, I'll go with Ruben Neves from Porto as my first. Um, and I'll just <laughs> Wish, advise. Wishful thinking as always. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just advise everybody to just, you know, go and watch as much Porto as you can because this lad will just blow your mind how good he is. And Jeez, like, I just thought you said porno. There. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's in the gutter. <laughs> no, like, like you, you'll watch him, and if you didn't know he was eighteen, you would think he's in his late twenties. Like he, he just plays with such a mature style. Um, so he's my first shout. My second was actually going to be Timo Horn, um, but since Leroy's nicked him, I'll go with the player I mentioned earlier on for Liverpool in Nicholas Sewell, the young centre back from Hoffenheim, who I genuinely think is is going to be the you know the linchpin of the next great german defense um he's like i he's he's six foot five and he's brilliant on the ball he's built like a tank and he does literally no weakness in his game already at this point um I, he's just he's going to be a special player so that those would be my two okay no problem and leroy for you your second yeah, I, I think, I think my second is going to go, um, it, it's going to be a little bit closer to home. And I'll say Roberto Firmino because I think people just don't understand how good of a player he is. Um, they're going to judge him based Amen. on what he's done for Liverpool so far. Yeah. So if you watch him for Hoffenheim, you watch him for Brazil, you just, he's such a magnificent talent. He's such a smart player. He's, he's so dynamic. He's so aggressive. And if he wants to get the ball in the back of the net, he will. Um, 
it's just a matter of time before before he excels at Liverpool and, and people will be will be cringing at their their previous statements about about him. So Roberto Firmino, I think uh, you you can do a lot a lot worse than Roberto Firmino if if any haters are out there um, questioning questioning this shot. No, very good shout indeed. And, and he will make sorry, he will make a lot of people eat their words over the course of this season. Um, I, I have absolutely no doubt about that. For my choice tonight. I'm going to go really boring, but I'm going to keep a young player who's moving from South America to Europe, who, who's going to be co- coming up on your screens in January, is Gerson. Um, and, and I expect him to do very well. He's been going through a bit of a bad stage here. There was a lot of speculation. Barca were looking at him, Bayern were looking at him. And his form suffered for it, but he's ended up at Roma. And he, he's going there in January. The, the end of the league is here. He's, he's taking a bit of time off and, and he's going there. And I expect this guy to hit the ground running. With his future um, settled now, I really do think that he's going to be a player to watch. And, and, and that's why he's my choice tonight for, for the top 100. So before we close out, I'm going to go back around again and, and ask you guys, have you anything that you would like to plug, anything you're working on at the minute? Dave, I'll start with you. Far away, my man. Um, well, I, I do All In Sports Talk with me and Steve Gennaro. Um, we have a website. It's www.allinsportstalk.com. You can follow us on Twitter at All In Sports Talk. We do a two-man show every Thursday, and then we do individual pods Mondays and Fridays. Um, actually, Steve released podcasts by himself yesterday and today. So um, check those out. Make sure you download them. You can sus- subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all those good places. And obviously check out the Anfield Index. Hopefully there will be a return of the happy hour at some point. I have something new lined up as well that will be um, revealed, shall we say, in coming weeks. Um, Check out the main podcast. I'm going to do the American AI next week with Johnny Moore, Dylan Baker and Justin Wells. And that should be a lot of fun. So make sure you look out for that. No, indeed. Um, and you, 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 I think you, you and Steve are doing the same thing as Armando and I. Armando and I, and uh, we've gone into this extra pod uh, alone, and he has the MLS and Mexico coming up uh, hopefully this week for us. So we're looking forward to getting him back involved and, and getting a few pods out. For you, Leroy, uh, anything you want to plug at the moment? Um, I think I'll give a shout to the to the most recent global podcast where we talk about about the attacking. Uh, I think dynamics uh for Liverpool because it's really really been evident in in the last game in, in the last two games actually uh where we see Benteke and Firmino not really fitting and, and we sort of try to uh, break down why that is so so go and check that out and the global podcast has a lot of things uh, lined up we just need to find the proper date the proper time and things like that so uh expect a lot of content but um probably in the next uh month or two or so uh, to listen to that I think the only the best way to download the entry index uh, app for free. I think that's the best way to catch all the content on, on entry index and, and all the sub uh, genres of, of the entry index. Uh, I guess, uh, the, the entry index, uh, what, what, what do you call it? What was the word? I, I'm, I'm looking for the word, the entry index, uh, I guess, uh, spear. I think that's the best word for it. So go download the app for free. No, indeed. And you will find us there as well uh, on WFI. And I I just want to plug uh, the pod that we released today. We recorded it last week with Jonathan Harding. It's a a take on his uh, top 11. He's he's named the team 1 to 11 from goalkeeper through to striker of the top young talents. He he basically names a bench as well. Uh, It's usually the most ridiculously uh, oversubscribed in talent league in in Europe at the moment. And, And it's a fascinating listen if that's 
if that's your thing, get on to it because it, it, it is, as I say, a very, very good listen. And it doesn't matter whether you listen to it now or listen to it later, it, it's relevant. But listen, guys, time has marched on us, as, as it always does. I could sit here for hours and hours and hours talking to you guys. Um, and, and I just want to thank you both for, for appearing. And I know you're going to come back in February when the window closes and, and we'll have a roundup of that. And, and I think, Dave, you're going to come back for. Um, I think you're going to go back for the 94 pod with us as well for, for the World Cup. So we'll, we'll get all of that organized. I'd just like to, to say both of you, thank you so much, Leroy. Thank you so much for taking the time. And it was a 6 a.m. start. We're breaking time barriers again with you. Thank you so much, mate. No worries. Um, glad to be on and thanks for the invite again. Send my regards to Armando. We will indeed. And, and, and Dave, as always, it's a pleasure. And thank you so much for your time, taking the time out to be on with us. We, we love having you on here. And I'll say, hopefully we'll, we'll get you back again, both back, as I say, in, in the future, uh, very, very soon. Yeah, absolutely, mate. No problem at all. Thanks very much for having me. No, always a pleasure. Listen, that just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening, uh, as always. Um, you know, go and tell your friends about us. We're, we're starting to say three pods a week from here on in. Uh, we're, we're getting bigger and bigger in WFI. We're, we're starting to get more listens as well. So it's onwards and upwards for, 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 for WFI, hopefully in 2016. So that just leaves me to say thank you again one last time for, for listening. And it's good night for everybody here. Thank you. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.